Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Down the block, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle has won. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. I'll keep it short and sharp because you will be hearing a little bit of it this week, but we obviously are away on our honeymoon at the moment, so we'll try and get a bit of content out to you guys, but there will be a lot of throwback content that we're putting out here today. The off-season, footy cards, a heap of stuff here for you guys to listen to. So enjoy all these throwback episodes. I've picked only the best content for you guys this week. Now, I've got one more I just want to throw in there that's real old school, but I think not enough people know his story, which I think is incredible. We obviously know Josh and Brett Morris. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Two of the greatest outside backs we've ever seen. And I think when we talk about great families, people sleep on his old man. People sleep on his old man so much. So I'll take you back. He, in, what is it, 1978, he's playing for the Dapto Canaries down there, right? Did you know this? Whole, you probably know it better than me. My, my dad, yeah, so my dad and Slippery were, were pretty – Oh, not, I wouldn't say bitter rivals, but I think they've had a few blues in the day. My dad captain coached the Canaries, but when Slippery was at the Dragons and my dad was at the Roosters, they had some, they had some ding-dongs. There's one on YouTube where I think, I think dad uh, gets, him, gets him all right. But I grew up with Brett um, – sorry, not Brett. I grew up with Matt Morris, who's stepbrothers to Brett and Josh, yep. and Dylan Morris, who's the youngest one. Again, and they played for the Kaima Knights, and I played for um, Albion Park. So I've known the Morris family for – for years, but sorry, yeah. Well, in 1978, he's he's playing halfback for Dapto. Yeah. 1979, St. George bring him into first grade. He wins Dallium Player of the Year, and he wins the Clive Churchill equivalent in a grand final victory. His yeah. first year at halfback. And then five years later, I think he wins back-to-back Dallium Winger of the Year. Yeah, we're, I don't get that trans... I was about to say, I don't think, I don't think there'd be anyone else that has ever gone Dallium halfback into Dallium winger or vice versa. Just look on Twitter. I could never play wing too slow. But <laughs> where's the where's the transition there? Like I don't, I don't actually yeah. get the transition from when he was halfback to to wing. Zai, he got in like 1981. He went from halfback to centre and then end, ended up on the sting. So it wild. Was it was fast. That's it's all fast too. Like the two younger brothers are quick, man. Well, that's what when you go and watch this guy's highlights, Slippery. 
unbelievable. Lightning quick. And that one year went from playing park football to a Dalian medal, man of the match grand final, and takes out the company's first year as a halfback in first grade. And then he went on to play more games as a winger than he did. He played 150 games as a winger, 99 as a halfback. Yeah, it's a pretty incredible family. He still lives down in Kiama, actually. Yeah. Partner Stace. So it's a pretty good family. Like the two the two younger boys, obviously there's Brett and Josh, but the two younger boys are, were, were very talented too. Um, how old are they? Are they your age or? Nah, Maddie's, oh, Maddie's 27 and Dill would be 20, how long am I, 26? I reckon Dill's 24. And um, Dylan actually went over to England for a bit to play, I'm pretty sure, in like the lower grades. I don't know if he's still there or not, but um, Maddie stopped playing. Oh, they play, I think they might play local first grade for Climber, maybe mm. still, but unbelievable family like that those two boys were were so talented as well and just obviously not everyone can make it unfortunately and um they sort of fell to the wayside a little bit but yeah slippery um still gets around in Kiama there local local boy but he played for the Dapdo Canaries which we don't like <laughs> we don't like that <laughs> when though. you think about a father and his two sons all play for the kangaroos yeah, yeah that's cool Josh didn't win a premiership, but between them, they would have had three or four premierships. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, they, I, I think as far as the best families ever, they're probably not spoken about enough because people don't realise how good Slippery was. Maddie, did you have anyone else on your list that uh, didn't get a bait today? No. So I so Maddie Orford was my my reserve, which we which, which we've spoken about. I had I wrote down very quickly. I wrote down John Sutton, but that might be because I'm a South fan and he didn't really play in the halves for like more than half his career. So yeah, that's why I left him out. Jack, who did you have, mate, that didn't get a feature? I got Craig Gower. Yeah. Mm. And then I, I I wrote Ben Hunt. Wow. I wrote Ben I'm a huge Ben Hunt fan. Oh, I've said this to Ben Hunt, so <laughs> I actually, when we played him this year, it was the first time since like 2015 that I got to play against Ben Hunt. Um, he was at the Broncos last time I played him. I was only 19. I remember we played him at, uh, we played him at home. Oh, and then they slapped us in the, the prelim. They beat us by 40. We should have played in the grand final that year. Our team was unbelievable. But anyway, I remember walking up to him at the end of the game. We played on the same side of the field, and obviously he was, oh, his whole year was fantastic. But the start of the year he was flying, and I was, I was like, oh, I've got to try and get into Ben Hunt. I just couldn't get anywhere near him. Built low to the ground, stocky. And at the end of the game, I just walked up to him. I said, mate, you're my favourite player. I didn't know how he was going to take it, where he was going to be like, what the hell? What the fuck are you on about? <laughs> or, 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 but, like, he was – the way he received it made me feel good. Like, he just – didn't make me feel like a like a weird fanboy or anything. He just said how much he appreciated it. And then randomly a couple of months later, I did a VB ad with him, and he's just so down to earth. But um, watching the way he played Origin actually gave me a bit of hope when I – I know I keep joking about it – when I actually moved to Locke, obviously watching how he played and got around the field and stuff. But I think everyone always is going to give him shit for the, for the GF thing and don't want to harp on it because you don't like seeing people talk about it. But I think he proved this year that – He's not only one of the best halfbacks in the comp, but he sort of got lost in that topic of how good he, his career's been at halfback too because he's played so many games off the bench and stuff like that for the Broncos. But, you know, ultimately he could have won that grand final back back when he played, obviously against Thurston, which would have been a massive scalp for him to have on the on the resume and, and things happen. But, yeah, I had Benny Hunt in there as well as obviously Craig Gower. You mentioned that 2015 grand final and I will harp on about it because I'll defend Ben Hunt until the fucking cows come home. Yeah. I'll die on this hill that... I don't think – if he wasn't in that team, Brisbane aren't a top four side that year. Nah, yeah. He was unbelievable. And you talk about that 2015 grand final, if Brisbane would have won it, I reckon it's one of the biggest sliding doors moment in rugby league history. Yeah. I reckon if they win that, Wayne probably never leaves. Yeah. I reckon he'd still be there. Ben Hunt, he becomes a premiership-working halfback of the Broncos. 
Tell me where the career of Anthony Mill. I'll tell you what, if, if Brisbane win that grand final, Milford is a premiership winner and he's a Clive Churchill medalist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I just I just know from playing against Ben Hunt that year and then watching his career and then playing against him now, like how much he's grown. So he yeah. was a fantastic player then. And then obviously extremely unlucky that Nico Hines had obviously arguably the best year ever in terms of the Dally M points voting. Ben Hunt was was unbelievable. So um and then Craig Gower, you would have watched Craig Gower a lot, eh? Yeah, yeah. He was so tough, man. Like he's like not the OG tough halfback, but he, him and Joey were the two that used used to smash back rowers. And then obviously now he's boxing and, and doing stuff like that, which is pretty cool. But I used to love watching Craig Gower play. Like, low, well, he's not really low to the ground, is he? Like he's stocky built, but like he's not a small bloke by any stretch. And um, yeah, he was hard as nails. That's what I remember most about him: just watching Penrith play and how tough they were. Like they had the pull of tour brothers. Reese Wessar, Preston. Is that when Preston won the Dally M? Nah, I think I'll he won to him in a minute. He's, yeah. a, he's an unlucky one for me that we didn't mention. Oh, yeah, Preston. Yeah, yeah. I had Preston. He, he oh, won. sorry, no. He played seven when he won it, didn't he, Preston? Yeah, that's what yeah, I was going to He, he won Dally M 2001 when he was playing halfback. That's right, yeah. Dollar. So yeah. he's another one that he obviously went up to the Gold Coast, played a bit of 5'8", played a bit of fullback, um, champion player Preston. Some other names I had written down here. Remember Michael Monaghan? Yep. Yeah, yeah. You I talk do. you talk about tough motherfuckers. Yeah. Michael Monaghan, he, he played a lot of hooker, but he played more halfback than he did hooker at Manly. He was tough as nails. Did, did, was he at the club at all when you were there? Was he? Nah, the he he, he was there after Trent went. I think I think he went back with Desi. Yeah. Um, but I I watched him play a fair bit when he played for Warrington over in the Super League. He was like when they say tough as nails. Yeah, man. Mate, <laughs> and like respectfully, whenever people talk about the Monahams, they talk about Joel. Yeah. Michael was the one to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, he, he good, could mate. play. He was a good footballer. Preston Campbell I had on there. I had Brett Kamali as well. We actually spoke about him yeah. pre-show. That, yeah. You know, he's done it all. Brett Kamali, he's won a comp. He's Clive Churchill medalist, although I think a lot of the time people forget that. He left, I think he was at the Hunter Mariners. Yep. He came down with Scott Hill to the Melbourne Storm. You know, and it seems so normal now, the Melbourne Storm, but putting a franchise in the rugby league desert yeah. Then winning a comp two years later off the back of the halfback. Yeah. Unbelievable career, Brett Kamali. Unfortunately, we, we remember a lot of people remember him for the intercept thrown to Matt Bowen. Um, for me, though, I look at that moment and go, fuck, to be that late in the game and yeah. have the mindset, I'm going to try and throw this pass to win this game. Yeah. It's that pretty, says it all. And like to be able to keep Andrew Johnson hooker and not halfback for the amount of rep games that, that Noddy got to play is pretty much the mark of what he was as a player, which was outstanding, too. So. The, the thing about Noddy too, it shows like how good of a bloke he is that he can talk about that moment and no one obviously brought it up to take the piss because it's just one, disrespectful and two, the career he's had shits on 75 to 80% of people that have ever played the game. But the he um, he can joke about that moment, which yeah. shows how far, he, far he's come to and he's just a top bloke as well as a good player. Another one I had on this list, uh, and I, when he was at his peak, I thought he was sensational. Old Penrith halfback, Luke Walsh. Oh, he's another one I played against. I played for the Roosters in 2015 World Club Challenge against St Helens. Mm. We did we touched them up. We had a, we had a fair side, obviously. But Luke Walsh's kicking game. We talk about like kicking game from sort of 30 to try line. He used to set up that many tries, didn't he? Yep. He, yeah, Luke Walsh was a freak. Well, him coming, I, I believe they always say up in Newcastle coming from the juniors. It was always Luke Walsh and Jared Mullen in the same yeah, teams. Right. And then I think Brian Smith shipped off Luke Walsh. And 
I don't think they – and Newcastle ever forgave Brian Smith. Was Luke Walsh the one at Penrith that used to come out with um, different coloured boots? Was yes. that him? Yeah. He used to have yeah. wear one. I remember there was that blue. one year where Penrith just had – I think it was 2011. They had Petra seven receiver. Luke Walsh was the halfback. I think they finished second on the ladder. Was that the year just before Luke Lewis left? I think so. Yeah, right. they, they jumped out of the ground all of a sudden out of nowhere. I think Matty Elliott might have been the coach. Do your own research. Michael Gordon, fullback. Was yeah, that Mick year? Gordon. Yeah. And it, it was it was during that period that Petra Seven Receiver came yep. down there. It was it was and he was great that year. Luke Walsh. Another one I had was Matty Head from the Dragons. Oh yeah, he's a. <laughs> Matty Head used to eat meat pies and drink cans of Coke and was our <laughs> high school football coach, believe it or not. He used to sit on the hill because he was that smart. He'd just sit back with a meat pie, do this, do that. <laughs> but um, I'll never ever – I was at that Anzac Day game when he kicked the goal from the sideline. Like crazy. I will never ever forget it. And just like – he just put on the tee, just stuck it there, just walked back, looked at the post, just walked in and kicked it. And he didn't even look surprised at how easy it went over. No. Not to mention he was the one that put in the chip, chip before chase, that. Yeah. Even the pass to Matty Cooper. Yeah. That was a cracker too. Great player. Um, yeah, mate, good. the last one I had on this list, and this one might be a little bit controversial, he might actually be potentially the best player we've spoken about today. But I just think that when we talk about the goats of the 2000s, we talk Freddie, yep. talk Lockie, talk Joey. We should talk Stacey Jones as well, I Oh, think. man. Give the man his flowers, eh? Yeah. yeah. As far as, you know, yes, he was in the top tier – but he's never given enough respect in that top tier that he should get. That grand final try, <laughs> that grand final try he scored was like unbelievable. Like when you talk about like talented halves to come out of, well, we always speak about Australia because you obviously the NRL, most teams have, but like New Zealand have produced so many talented halves. Like obviously Stacey and Benji, Shawnee, we've spoken about. They're, they're just three off the top of my head because of they played in the era that I was watching, but. Um, watching Stacey play in an era where it was bash and barge and, and the ref sort of let it go a little bit in the early 2000s and for someone of his stature, like in terms of height, and he obviously wasn't the biggest man in the world, his skill set, as you said, probably we talk about Sherwin, we talk about Scott Prince, but in terms of actual skill set of putting people through holes and that, there wouldn't be too many players in the history of the game, I don't think, that were as good at it as what Stacey was. And, and knowing your ability, knowing that, you got to take the line on at the right time so you're going to get smashed or you grubber. Like, he had a great short kicking game. But, like, in, oh, I, there, there's got to be an immortal soon. Like, and Benji gets spoken about a lot. But Stacey's career, man, like, just – I don't know why. I don't know why it doesn't get talked about as much as what it should, but he was so unbelievably gifted, man, for a little fella too. You sort of tip your cap to people that can do what he did. How many tests do you reckon he played for the Kiwis? No. Uh, Started in 95, finished in 06. Was he one of the boys that played 50 or not? Just fell short. Yeah, 40-something. Yeah. Fucking incredible. Yeah. I think, you know, you mentioned that try in that grand final, and um, I, I often think about that try and Cody Walker's against the Penrith Panthers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, if those, if the Pan, if the Rabbitohs and the Warriors win those grand finals, I think they are like iconic. Scott Sattler moments. Yeah. yeah, they're iconic moments for sure. Like Stacey's one was... Just got it, weave, weave, weave. Did he step the fullback or did he just run around him? He just, done one. He, he, he had, I think it was Mick Crocker and Brad Fittler and Luke Phillips, and he just weaved around them. But before that, he threw the dummy where he froze. Yeah. And everyone just went into He done that, eh? He like done like yeah, a big roundabout. Yeah. yeah, and they everyone on the field just froze for a split second. He went straight I, through. I just it. remember how he used to wear, obviously, they wore the white shorts and they were, they were big and he wore the big forearm yeah. guard, never looked rattled, but... Um, Cody Walker's try last year in the grand final, individual brilliance-wise is – oh, sorry, year before or whatever year it was, was one of the best tries. Like, 
Nathan Cleary would be considered as the best defensive half in the comp. To get rid of him the way he did was one thing. And then to put on the, the gas and score, man, against a Penrith side over the last three years who have been arguably the greatest side over the last 20 or so in terms of what they've been able to do. Yeah, you're right. Those two tries. And I need you to Google this yes. eventually. Oh, I don't know if they'll show it. Salford Red, I'm not saying this because I played. It would probably be extended highlights. Tuilola, he is no try in the 2019 Grand Final in Super League. I don't know if you would have seen it either. If that got given try, I'm happy to say it's probably one of the greatest big game tries I've ever seen. I'd, you'd have to go through it. I'll show you. I'll be able to find it and show you after. But he went, he went dummy, left foot, left foot, right foot, right foot, left foot, left foot, goosey, try, and got disallowed because the St. Helens guy pushed his teammate in front of him. <laughs> Fuck that. But like, God. it just, yeah, to be able to move like, I wish I could move like these boys, man. <laughs> I think the other thing with Stacey, and I, I'm, I'm keen to hear what you say in response to this, like he played in a team that was so unstructured. Yeah. Like, it might, like I, I imagine being a halfback, it must have been a little bit of a nightmare, but you have to be very self-aware to understand that I just have to – I have to fit in with these guys. Yeah, and, that, and that's the purity of what I was talking about in terms of like rugby league's this game that got made. So it went from, from that, flat and fast. He had big forwards, big OBs. He'd get a lot of quick rucks where he could whip it to his strike centre or, or fullback or whoever it was. And then you get to a point in, was it the mid-2000s, you reckon, where the game sort of started to become a bit more structured? Yeah, I'd say 03, 04, around that. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and then the block play was the play. And because people had never seen it before, but then now the – the obstruction rule, no one, no one kind of gets it still. Like mm, yeah. you know, like there was a try. What game was it this year? Where, oh, off the scrum, Pembroke's try. See, I think it was a try, Dylan Edwards' try against Souths. Was it? You yeah, know, the one where Isaac Tungo went. Someone made yeah. a bad read, and although we caught on the inside, people were like, "Well, that's just." But if you're actually watching the game and the game that we love, that's a try every day of the week. It's a poor read by the centre. I don't really think it matters if he catches on the inside slightly or not. Personally, as a player. I think if you make a bad read, you shouldn't get the liberty of being able to hit him and fall and, and mm. throw your arms about. You know, as a halfback or a former halfback like myself, <laughs> I know, obviously know. We're going to have to get you on my diet for a couple of weeks, I think, to get you in the back. Having like a good back row run a hard lead line with a – so like at the Roosters, for example, I'll just use them. Like if you've got Angus Crichton running a genuine hard lead line and you've got James Tedesco at the back of it, a lot of times you're going to pick the wrong guy. It's as simple as that. And I don't think that we should always give the the privilege, I would say, to the defender of being able to just go, oh, well, the easy option is to just step in front of Angus, hit the deck, and hopefully Teddy catches it behind him so it's no try. I'd like to see that go. And, uh, yeah, you might get more sort of people at the start go, well, what's an obstruction, what's not? But I think we're going to do a better job at, like – That's us now, though. Yeah. Like that, that we're having the same conversation. Exactly yeah. right. And it's not black or white, is it? Yeah. Like they try to make it black or white, but I feel like that rule could sort of just open it up a bit more. It's not a black and white game. No, it's it never not. has been. It never will be. Mm. And that's the beauty of it. It's why we're going to, we are going to always have controversies and shit that doesn't make sense, but it's because it's not. And that's what makes it so good at the same yeah, time. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. It's those little moments that can go either way that decide games that when you're on the winning side of it, it's great. When you're yeah. on the losing side, it sucks. Or it, Cost you a multi, which we've been there a few times. <laughs> I just I just watched that try, the Lola Hees try. So everyone type in 2019 Grand Final Extended Highlights and go to the five minute mark. It'd be it's an injustice for me to try and explain it. That that what, is what, fucking what, crazy. What, where would you rate that? Like I mean, without if, over without over exaggerating, that's if it was a try, it'd be better than all the ones we just named. It's good, enough. no doubt. It's fucking crazy. I remember I remember live because he got the ball and Tui's got this. 
Oh, do you watch much Super League? You probably wouldn't, would you? No, nah, not really. He, the way he's developed from he's when he was- He's always awake for it. He's just not watching it. From when yeah. he was at the Tigers on the wing or wherever he was playing at the Tigers and then he went over to Super League and been able to play of him, watching how far he's come in, as a player is, is unbelievable. But that try, I remember like I was actually to the left calling for the ball, I think, or something. And then you start seeing Tui do his thing, do his thing, do his thing. You're like, where's he going? And then he scores. Everyone runs in. The ref goes obstruction. Didn't even go to the video, bro. Yeah, but didn't go like, to the video. Yeah, you need to watch it, man. It's so good. Oh. Sick. All right. Are there any other halfbacks you want to throw in there that we didn't mention? I don't think off the top of my head. Uh, who, 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 who are the four that you had written down at the start? What about Joe Williams? Ooh, oh, there's yeah. one for you. You're a South fan. Yeah. I, I maybe a bit biased. My brothers grew up with Joey Williams, but like he's someone that natural footballer. Same thing. Like could do could do things on a footy field that not many people could. I had I had Tommy Lulawai. Mm. Oh yeah, and again, might be. I've got a few that like might be biased, but because I've seen them up close and personal, I feel like I owe them the respect of saying their name. Like I'll go out and easily say Tommy Tommy Lulawai's the greatest defender in Super League NRL combined, or any code that says rugby at the start of it, ever. And like you could name me, who could you name? Trevor Gilmaster. You could name people like that to me. And although I wasn't alive to watch the axe smash people and. My dad's actually told me about Trevor Gilmeister, but my dad also watched me play with Tom Lulawai. So there's about 60 years of watching mm. rugby league combined. Mm. Tommy would hands down be the hardest and best defender I've ever seen. Wow. And he stands at about five foot seven, I'll give him. I don't want to give him too short because he'll come <laughs> and flog me. But and, and then on the back of that, I've never seen anyone go so far into the line. He does this weird thing to, oh, it's not weird. It's an unbelievable play. All he do, he catches on A and he's got this thing where, say, we're attacking right to left. He'll bounce off his left foot to go into the line, which automatically makes the defender go from there to there. B defender has to check the lead. And just, I remember when I played off the back of it, I thought to myself, like, I actually wish I could do what he's doing because at one point I'm going to have to hopefully do this for a 5 8 because I was playing that sort of six role when he was playing seven. And his career is like over 450 games. I'm looking now. He, yeah. yeah. Two, two decades of just. I had a good look at his career the other day, and like, I'll be the first to admit, because he's in the Super League. I, yeah. like, I feel like every year for the last few years, I, I see his name pop and I go, fuck, is he still playing? Mate, Paul Gallen messaged me on Instagram when I, um, I put a video up of him, because he retired this year, but I put a video up of him after they'd won a game. He'd done a last home game at, at Wigan. He got the, the tunnel and... And Wigan posted and I reposted it. And Gail tweeted me, goes, oh, he dared me and goes, is he still fucking playing? <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. I, I was having a lot. Uh, when he retired, I did some things on him. When he made his Kiwis debut, so not first Oh, I debut, remember this, yeah. Kiwis debut, Darren Lockyer was still playing fullback. That's crazy, man. And had hair. Remember how long ago that was? Unbelievable. He, pl- he like he, He's the last guy that was still playing this year that played against Joey too. Yeah? Yeah. He, he, he played... Two years against Joey. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, so I played against him at the Warriors when he come back. So he played. Yeah. So he went Wigan, come back. I played against him at Mount Smart Stadium. Went back to Wigan, played against him for Salford, then got to play with him. And in terms of all-time greatest players I've played with, I'd have to find whether it's in the 14, whether it's in the 9, 7, 6, I'd have to find a spot for him. Like, he's that good. And people can say it's just a Super League. I don't – Obviously, I'm biased because I've been there and played there, but he's so, so good. And then I just – I wrote down a couple of names like 
I don't know if you boys would know this guy. His name's Andy Gregory, mm. one of the all-time great English halfbacks. Like, I, I can't. I don't, I don't want to do the disrespect of f- falling short on his achievements, but he won the comp two plus times, Challenge Cup, so many times. Played so many tests for Great Britain. I don't know if he even played for England. I think it was just Great Britain back in well, that day. I, I know that he was uh, he was one of the one of the best players in that nineteen ninety side that yeah. really put it to the Kangaroos. He yeah. he was sort of one of the faces of that side. Yeah. So he I got to meet him because he was a uh, he played he coached at Salford and played for Wigan. I think I've got that right. I know he definitely played for Wigan, but just being able to meet him and then obviously learning about these boys' career when you're in England, like what he did, like the amount of games that the boys over there used to play. Like, you look at James Graham's 400-plus games, Sean O'Loughlin, 400-plus games. Mm. I don't know what Sam Tompkins is on, but I'm sure he'll go close to 400-plus. But Andy Gregory, Andy Gregory, from what I've heard and then what I've been able to see on YouTube and highlights and that was was unbelievable. And then the last one I had, I felt like I, I owed it to this person purely for what they did for me and what they've been through and what they've taught me. Can you guess? I'm going to say Piercy. Yeah. Yeah. And like people say, oh, how can you underrate him? He played Origin, won comps, but he has never ever and probably will never ever get the respect of like what he deserves. And Cooper going there and, and winning a comp the year that Mitch left isn't obviously going to help his his case. Well, it's not his case, it's my case. But watching what the bloke did, um, galvanise a group leadership-wise, toughness for a halfback, underrated, like severely underrated how tough he was. Long kicking game was phenomenal, like phenomenal. The way he hit a ball and could land it in that 10 by 10, like I think that gets lost in translation. And people have got to like sit back and realise who the fuck he was playing against. Like like look at the guys he was playing against in Origin. No one won against them. They won 10 in a row. Yeah, like exactly. how, how can you use that argument against him? It, it, it baffles me. Like it really baffles me. But his career... Like, just go look at it. Played first grade at 17. Like, mm. not many people can say they've done that. So, I got. I feel like I owe it to him for what he did for me when I was a kid and the way he looked after me. But I'm, I put Mitch in that underrated. He does, he's not underrated to me, but I, I, I think he's underrated to a lot of other people. He's a cracker. But I would have loved to have seen him play 13 at some point. I bet his dad would have loved that too. Oh, man, I'm sure his dad would have loved it. Yeah, he, he probably had too much of a good kicking game, as you said, yeah. to play 13. But, mate... If you just take the kicking game out, everything throughout his career, I always thought Mitch Pierce is so fucking suited to thirteen. Yeah, it's not even funny. Have you ever stood next to him or seen him? Like he's a yeah. he's, he's a bigger he's, big. he's bigger across here than what people give him credit for. And the one admiration I always had, I remember the first couple of weeks that I done preseason with him. The first time I was seventeen, his will to compete when no one would sort of look at that and go, "Fuck, that's that's good." Com- competitiveness or that like never say die attitude mm. like he was like the james graham would chase when he knows he's not going to get there or he's not going to tackle him but he'd chase anyway so yeah as i said i felt like it was my duty <laughs> to um make sure his name got brought up for sure but he could have played hooker if he wanted to i reckon as well yeah. and he got the best left to right pass i've ever seen him and todd carney the boys Jeez, that was a year, wasn't it? Oh yeah. yeah. Wait, can we? Can I say Todd Carney as well? Yeah, yeah I, I thought. Some. I thought about Todd like, Carney. Come on, bro. Yeah. Todd Carney's passing. If you ask anyone that played at the, oh well, you could probably say Sharks too, mm. and Roosters, who f- passes a ball the best I've ever seen. Mitchell Pearce and Todd Carney would be a heavy debate. Like 
They used to stand on the two tens, the two scrum lines, and just go, do you want it? Hitting each other in the chest. Mm, crazy. Toddy's 10, 2010? 2010, the, yeah. the Dally M, yeah. That Dally M year was a G out, man. Just came out of nowhere, too. Just like the Roosters, they... Uh, 09, I think they got the spoon. Yeah. They they, yeah. Fucking yeah, yeah. TC arrived, and they just exploded. Started at fullback that year as well. Yeah. Yeah. And like he's another one that, like... He had bad, he snapped his Achilles a couple of times, I yeah. think, and had bad ankles. And he was never overly quick, but he um, he actually, he doesn't know this. I'm, I'm mates with Toddy, and he played at Salford where I played over in England. But his catch, I know this is going to sound really nerdy, but the, he caught the ball at the furthest point better than anyone I've ever seen. And people will be like, well, why does that matter? But, like, you get the ball in your hands quicker, one, but you can actually transfer it quicker, two, which seems obvious to talk about. But when you got back rolls and front rolls flying at you trying to take your head off to be able to catch it there and know where you want your runner to be able to get it to him I actually watch Todd Carney highlights sometimes before I play that's how much I used wow. to love watching him play man he just played free yep. had the dyed hair <laughs> socks up tattoos everywhere <laughs> loved the beard he was the man he was the man Toddy so. and such a good bloke like if you if you ever met him I know you can read about people and we do this all the time, like you've yeah. mentioned about heaps of people, but like we'll take his shirt off his back for you. Such a good fella. But yeah, those two, um, yeah, incredible man. Where, 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 is he up at, is he up at Byron Bay now? Isn't is he, he captain coach or is he just coach? I'll tell you. I think they're the, they're the devils, aren't Red devils yeah. or something. Yeah. Byron, yeah. Byron Bay devils. I think they are. I don't are. know if he's got Instagram anymore, but I'll go on Todd Carney. I think he's, um, I think he's, yeah, he, he's been doing a bit too. So I know he was captain coach up there. He's, 36. Jesus. Still fucking play. All right. Have we had enough? Are we done here? Have we gone through every half that has <laughs> ever been slightly underappreciated of all time? What about Michael Witt? We spoke about that oh, before. Yeah. Michael <laughs> Witt was good, man. <laughs> what about the goal kicking techers? The high knee at the top of the run up? Yeah. You just kick off that big yellow, I don't know, that big yellow thick tee. Mm. Tell you a story about, I had him on the podcast a few years ago. Crazy story. He went to the Warriors, right? Yeah. When he was playing there. After a training session once, he walks into the gym. There's no one else there. But he can hear an echo of, like, someone crying. And he's like, what the fuck is going on? So he wanders around the gym. He's looking for ages, right? Eventually finds behind one of the machines. Ruben Wiki's sitting there in tears, right? And he goes, what's the matter? What's going on? And he goes, oh, um, they want me to retire. They don't want me to play on next year. And at this point, Ruben Wickey was sitting on about 295 first-grade games, right? Right. The, the, the Warriors were really pushing him to retire. All the coaching staff were to free up salary cap and whatnot, blah, blah, blah. And Michael Witt sort of went, that's fucked. We all want you to play, blah, blah, blah. Um, I won't say who, who the coaches were at the time and stuff, but mm. Michael Witt got all the players together and they went in and said, fuck that. We want Ruben to play on next year. It, it went on for ages. They eventually said, fine. They started him in reserve grade that year. Did they? Yeah. And then there was an injury and after a few weeks. He got back in. He played another 50-odd games or something. What a what a – so that's a good teammate, eh? Yeah, 100%. Oh, yeah. That was – yeah. And, like, you, you know what, what Michael Witt's like? He's a journeyman. At yeah. any point, a coach can go, you can fuck off. We'll, yeah. just, find, we'll just find another Michael Witt. Yeah. And he's got the whole team together for Ruben Wiki, yeah. an absolute club legend. And That's it's something that Warriors, no one ever talks about. Yeah, I love that day. Unreal. That's so good, man. That That's what like that's what sport's all about too, eh? Doing yep. that for you, mate. I've just come up with another one. You probably you probably won't say underrated, but in terms of like upper echelon, like this, he's a six. 
like James Maloney, mm. like come like come on, man, like that's a career and a half. Considering where like he's a bit like Blake Green, couldn't get a gig or couldn't get a like a clean run into first grade, and now now he's at his own catchphrase. Jimmy wins. <laughs> like I mean, fuck <laughs> me, barbecuing yeah. alone. Jimmy wins as <laughs> yeah. a couple, but like. Every club he went to, he changed him for the better. Yep. Like, I know he didn't win a comp at Penrith, but he was a massive part of the reason why they are where they are now. And I've heard the boys actually speak about it publicly, obviously, when he left and how hard it was going to be for him to replace. Obviously, Jerome's done a fair job. Like, he's gone in there and, and done his thing in a different way. But I played with Jimmy, and he's one of them blokes that, like, you'll hear the same story a thousand times. Looks like he's not trying hard or training hard. But he is, but because he's got this sense of humour where he's one of them blokes that can go on, off like that in terms of like mucking around serious. I've never seen anything like it. And can pick a winner on the horses. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> I, I've, thought about, I've thought about Maloney. What do you I mean, reckon? If, if you pick your team of the decade, I've thought about this last couple of years, from 2011 to 20, whatever. Oh, six and seven. Cronk and Thurston, right? But, yeah, it's hard to argue. But then I'd have Maloney like on my benches like coming, coming up next, like the next pick. Which is so? What year are you saying? Eleven to now? Just ar- around that the two thousand and decades. Yeah, you have. Well, Kronk has to be seven. And well, yeah, Thurston has to be six. Realistically, as yeah. you said. But I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I mean, who's got a better case to like go next into six? No one. That's what I mean. Yeah. I mean, as far as like club football goes, if you were to talk about who's the best winner... You could put an argument putting Maloney in front of Thurston. In club if you're just talking yeah. club football, obviously mm. you, you throw State of Origin in there, landslide to JT, yeah. one of the grades. But um, before we go, I just want to – I mentioned I, – I forgot to mention it. little story that Brent Sherwin told me, right? Oh. When he, he – he sort of made a shock decision to go to England. None of the players were aware of it, nothing. It was like during the preseason, it just came out of nowhere that he was going to England. He sent a text out to the entire team, right? Mm. This would have been, Matty, can you deal? I'm going to guess 08. Did maybe he go to FC? Where'd he go? Hull FC? Sure. Hull FC, I'm guessing. Maybe he'll know in a yeah. second. But yeah. he, he sends a text to the entire squad just saying, sorry, boys, I'm going to go. I'm leaving in a couple of days. Opportunities come up. It is what it is. It's just not working at Canterbury, blah, blah, blah. What year was it? 07 was his last year at the Dogs. Where did he go to, bro? Castleford. Castleford? Yeah. So it was the 08 pre-season. He sends his text out to the entire squad, right? And he reckons that within 40 minutes, there was a knock on his front door, opened the door, Sonny Bill with a case of beer in tears because he was leaving. No way. That's epic, eh? Like, there's so many stories that I reckon people are worried to tell that would, like, break the internet. For the the better, though, like, because you never see that sort of – Nah. Of people and was Sonny? Did Sonny get in trouble not long after that? It wasn't long after that that Sonny left. Yeah, and I, right. Yeah, yeah I, like I'm not Shifty couldn't yeah. say it, but I got the impression he was a real role model for Sonny Bill. And it's like yeah. you obviously you look at Sonny Bill now as the international dual sport, absolute Nike superstar Ro- role of the model. Yeah, yeah. But then you go back to those years, which 
it's only 15 years ago, yeah. realistically. And the day he finds out Brent Sherwin is going, he shows up to the door, doesn't even say, I'm going to come around, just goes. The human aspect of footy aid, so yeah. good. Here, I've got one more, sorry, before we go. And I thought about this long and hard, and you boys will look at me and go, he's not underrated. But in terms of all-time greats, I don't think Ricky Stewart gets nowhere near the mention. What do you reckon? Yeah, it's a fair comment. Like, I mean, if you if people say name your top five halfbacks ever, I don't hear Ricky's name pop up anywhere near as enough as what I feel like it should. That's just my own. That's just my own personal opinion. But what like made it stand out even more for me was his little doco on Fox. Yep. Have you seen it? Yeah, I watched that. The yeah. one called Ricky when yeah. he. Through the intercept at Wembley or Old Trafford, then he threw the show and goal and went through and set up the match winner. Oh, yeah. Like the torpedo and, and stuff like that that he had. My argument is always Brent Sherwin's got the best short kicking game ever. Ricky's got the best long kicking. Yeah. Well, he had he had so many different weapons. Like he had the torpedo. Did he start the torpedo? Was he yeah. the one? And he's not doing it with the footballs now. He's no, doing he's doing it with, it with a leather sponge. brick. Yeah, yeah, like he's doing it with that. Yeah, it was – he was an absolute freak. And if you ever want to get an idea of the impact of Ricky Stewart, I'll just get it up now. I can't believe he come back from that broken ankle. Like, we're talking about bad breaks. Remember that? It was facing <laughs> east-west. That game, that was against Parramatta. Yeah. They won 68-0. They were red-hot favourites. He won the Dally M. They were going to win it all that year. They, yeah. they, he came back the year after and won the grand final in 94. 93, they're going to win it all without a doubt. He gets injured. Now, Ricky Stewart gets injured. Tough loss. You've got Mal Meninga. You've got Bradley Clyde. You've got Laurie Daly. Star-studded team. Fullback. Um, Belcher. Steve Walters. Yeah. All stars. Lazarus. Absolute all stars. No Lazarus, sorry. But yeah, still had all those guys. Chica. They lose three games in a row. Mullins. Was Mullins there then? Yep. Brett Mullins would have been there. He, he might have been the, the fullback over Gary Belcher, actually, now it's that a, I think about it. It's a fair team. Laurie Daly. Sorry. Belcher and Mullins are in it. Was so when he, so the, the game that he got injured in, this was their team. <laughs> Belcher, Nandruku, uh, Mal Meninga, Mullins, Sean Hoppe, Daly, Stewart, uh, Quinton <laughs> Pongia, Walters, Lomax, Dave Ferner, Bradley Clyde, Jason Croker. <laughs> you took Ricky Stewart out of that team. They went th- three losses in a row straight out. Fuck. Came back the year after and won the grand final. That's a hard forward pack, man. And obviously rest in love to uh, Quinton Pongia. He yep. was our um, – he worked at Manly in the, the mental health sort of space and he actually helped me out like more than he would ever know too. So um, obviously condolences to, to his family, but he was obviously watching highlights of him play. Fuck, he was a hard man, but so softly spoken. And that team, they shouldn't lose without – like you could play with no halves and win with that team. Mate, in their first 18 games that year, they lost three with Ricky Stewart. Then they lost three in a row to go out in straight sets. Did he start coaching at like something random like 34? Was it young? Yeah, he, like he, co- yeah. The, he coached. It's wild. He he retired at the Bulldogs. Yeah. 2000. 01, he coached their reserve grade, which had Rennie, yeah. Thurston, uh, Asatasi. They made a stacked team. Sonny might have been grade. in it. Matt Utah was in it. Right, yeah. Then Were he went Tonga? to the – Yeah, there, quite possibly, yeah. yeah. Then the year after he went to the Roosters, his first season as a head coach, I think he was a year or two older than Brad Fittler, who was the captain, yeah. and they won that year. Is he the youngest ever premiership winning coach? He'd go he close, wouldn't he? There. Like he, he's the yeah because Gus rang him and he said he'd help him. Might be the youngest coach in general, let alone premiership winning. Yeah, well, anything under thirty-five or six would be like ridiculously young. Wouldn't well, it? you think I think I think Trent Robinson he won it when he was it was his first year. I think he was like 36, 38, which is crazy. But Ricky did. Yeah, Robbo's young. Yeah, Robbo was young. How old was well? Baz was young too, but when Baz started, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah, 
Very young, yeah. Oh, Baz was really young. Still the best looking like bloke. You, you think about Ricky Stewart, when he was coaching in 02, his captain was Brad Fitler. Yeah, it's mad. They went on the 1990 Kangaroo Tour together. What about Craig Fitzgibbon? Like he wouldn't, yeah. Um, Adrian Morley? Like you got, yeah. Um, who was the hooker? But Simon Benetti. Benetti. What a player. From Griffith. What a player. Little Italy. <laughs> Did it say? I think, yeah, Stewart was a little bit younger than Trent Robinson, but I'm tr- trying to find youngest ever. How old was he, mate, when they won the comp? So he would have been 35. Mate, that's... Or 36. Yeah, Robinson was roughly the same, though. So they were very, they were very okay. similar. Wow. All right. Have we had enough, up, boys? Shut up. We're done. <laughs> Matty, how long have we been going for? Hour and a half. Good God. Okay. Thank you for joining us for episode four. Uh, we're going to have episode five where we go through, as we said we do the other day, go through our best number one player to fill 13 roster spots. Uh, so we'll get stuck into that soon. Want to hang around for it? Yeah, I'll come. I'll yeah, come back in. Okay. Sweet. He's Matty, how are you looking this other? Uh, let's talk off camera. Okay. Brilliant. <laughs> All right. Thank you for joining us once again, guys. Thanks for coming on, Legend. Appreciate, Appreciate it, it as always, mate. And uh, we'll see you on the next episode. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.